So hello and welcome to the Generation Gap show here on Radio Verulam. My name's Clive Glover and I'm a baby boomer. And each time on these programmes, I talk to somebody who is from a different generation than me. And we compare and contrast our views about things. So this week, as um, quite a few times recently, I would like to welcome Chloe. Hello, Chloe. Hello. And Chloe is a millennial which is um, someone who was born just at the end of the last century uh, up to the beginning of the century. I think that's the right way of putting it. Anyway, mm-hmm. hello, Chloe. Hello. Um, so, so in the past, we've had a number of discussions, and understandably, perhaps over the last few months, we will be getting a little bit pessimistic about things. Um, so I thought this time we'd try and be really optimistic and look to the future and see all the wonderful things that are going to happen. Mm-hmm. How about that? Brilliant. Good idea. Yeah? Sounds, sounds yeah, like a wonderful idea. idea. Does, does, doesn't it? So um, let's start. I'll try and set the scene that I'm thinking of. Um, and there's two things, really. One is about education. Our education system, again, it's something that's been talked about to death recently. Um, but one particular aspect we have, which is rather peculiar compared with other countries, is that quite early on, when you're about 14 or 15, you have to make a choice. And the choice is really presented in stark terms that you either are sort of arty person or you're a science person. And so you have to choose subjects in the categories of either arts or science. And there's this really sort of strange divide that obviously people, uh, actually I have to say like me, who sort of were interested in things on both sides of the fence, as it were, Mm -hmm. you have to make a choice. And I made a choice of being a scientist, and so I did science subjects later on. Mm-hmm. And I know that you're actually on the other side because you did art subjects. Yes. So I thought that was quite interesting by itself. So what I thought was we'd talk about science and technology mm-hmm. in the future. Yeah. Um, and that's putting you on the spot slightly because I don't know how much you know about such things. <laughs> I think I'm okay. I grew up. I grew up in the generation of computers, so I think I think I can get by okay. Thank you. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah. But you see, computers are still things you think of like they're boxes or little things you hold in your hand in future they might be just inserted in your brain if you read some of these new technology things yeah i don't like the idea of that that just doesn't sound healthy it doesn't really does it okay so let's start i mean what i think the point for me is obviously i'm old person so i can expect to be around here for a while but i don't know how much longer but some i hope a couple of decades or so at least um but you're quite young Mm -hmm. so with all the sort of modern technologies and advances in in medical uh, things particularly um, your life expectancy is probably up towards a hundred but realistically perhaps you know for most people it's around in your late 80s or 90s mm-hmm. so that means you'll still be around in the year like uh, what 2080 or something like that yeah yeah that, that's that's a thought isn't it now I don't know if you ever really think in these terms but let's mm. sort of encourage you now obviously um, that's one thing and obviously subject to accidents or wars or something like that you know you can expect to live a very long and hopefully happy life mm-hmm. um, but during that time you look at other predictions for the future and there's various things that come up and uh, not all of them are optimistic so let's do the pessimistic one first sure. climate change is mentioned all the time and it's yes. generally mentioned in very sort of pessimistic terms that oh my goodness all these things are happening and if we don't do x y and z it's all going to be terrible and we'll be flooded or we'll be um there'll be a drought so we won't have any water to drink and that's an interesting sort of contrast depending where you live around the world mm-hmm. um and also other things with with more storms we've been having some sort of violent storms here which we didn't have in previous years we've been having very hot weather i mean earlier this year we had 35 degrees for about a week didn't we yes yes definitely yeah um so that's something which is obviously 
largely portrayed as being something rather negative, but it's also a call to action, really, saying if we do various things, we can do something about this, not necessarily stop it, but we can actually learn to live with it. Um, but the other things you see, of course, are about technical technical developments. We mentioned sort of medical developments, and some people are saying things like, well, it's going so well in terms of advancing medicine that in a few years' time, maybe a decade or two, we'll be able to get people living forever. Now, the ideas of that, is, <laughs> we could probably discuss that for hours, but it's a bit of a shocking sort of thought mm. if it was true, and I'm not entirely convinced, but there you go. Um, other things would be uh, technology for the future. We, you mentioned computers. Obviously, they're going to get faster and smaller, cheaper, and all that sort of thing. It's happened all the time, and they'll be everywhere. Um, then we also have a lot of sort of bad and good stories about robots taking over in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, now, they take over menial tasks that we don't really want to do anyway, so that's fine. But maybe they're going to take over other things. That's a bit of a worry. Yeah, and finally, I think it's also about space travel. I mean, Elon Musk particularly is all very much out there talking about landing on Mars, building cities on Mars and building a whole colony. He expects to grow to like millions of people perhaps living on Mars. Now, obviously, that's not going to happen very quickly, but it could happen in the sort of time scale we're talking about up to the end of this century. Um, there could be hundreds or thousands of people living on Mars. Is that really something that would be um practical i think it probably is but whether it's going to happen who knows yeah and that means perhaps in a few years time you might have the opportunity you know would you like to go and live on mars how about that for a thought well like, yeah we've well, given me a lot of thoughts which subject do you want to start on first then yes i'm sorry yes okay <laughs> that was Let's a lot. Talk- I, don't, I don't i can't remember all of that so which one do you want to start on <laughs> I, I threw it all at you just as you a sort did, of example you did um, well, let's see. How about talking about um, the medical side of it first, in terms of whether you know you will be able to live a long time and everybody else can live? I mean, it seems to me that living to a long, long time for an old age is one thing, yeah. but obviously you really want to be healthy and fit and active as long as you can. That's the main sort of focus, I would think, on medical advances. Mm. I mean, personally, I wouldn't want to live forever. I mean, it's it's never been. Uh, like an appealing thought to me um because for me I think we're all given a time on this earth we're all given like a, a certain allotted amount of time and then when that time's done like you're done it's someone else's turn to take over and, and step in so for me like if, if it would be possible that they would in like in years to come like make it so that you can just live on and on and on I mean then then you know time doesn't mean anything so it's kind of like well what is meaningful you know what I mean, and, and then you'd be seeing change. And also, like, if you live forever, like, you would constantly be, you know, loving new people and then losing them over and over and over again. I mean, and also as well, if the, if the population of the world just never died and we carried on going and going, I mean, it would get very full very quick unless they're going to stop any reproduction at all. But then that means that there'll be generations of children not being born. And then that's not fair, really. So, yeah, for me, I personally wouldn't join in on that I think I would just kind of go when it's time to go to be honest I mean what what do you think on that well I think I agree with you I mean the other thing to me is I mean it's pretty normal obviously that you perhaps most people end up seeing their grandchildren that's obviously something which I'm sure is a very pleasurable thing to be dealing with some people these days meet their great grandchildren Mm -hmm. and that's obviously uh, interesting and exciting if if you live to your sort of 80s or 90s that may well happen um but can you imagine sort of meeting your great 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 goodness knows how many greats grandchildren and they meeting you yeah 
Um, I mean, there'd be, you know, you... there'd be differs in opinions. I mean, because also as well, this is generation of uh, uh, like a, a massive generation difference. I mean, you know, if you met your great, 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 great grandmother who was born in like, you know, the, like the Victorian times. I mean, Christ, like anything you wore, like jeans or anything like that, like she'd be in shock more than anything. I think it'd be too much for them to handle. You know, I think I think that is one of the things that obviously over a lifetime, generally things change drastically mm. um, over the past 60 years or so. When I've been around, um, the um, things have changed very drastically as well and, and much faster and everything is accelerating. So, you know, one of the things is that I'm sure that if you remember this program sometime in many decades time, you'll look back and think, goodness, we had no idea how these things are going to change over this time because things change so rapidly. Mm. And there's no reason to assume that's going to slow down. In fact, it may accelerate. Yeah. So I think you're right. So uh, obviously the idea of living forever, there's two aspects of it. One is um, physically, you know, your body sort of just keep on going because it isn't going to die for some reason. That's kind of one angle of this. But the other one is there are people who are thinking what they'll do is really download your sort of mind and memories into a computer. Yeah. This is something that Elon Musk is looking at. And I think that makes a it seems to me it's based on a rather uh, obvious fallacy that obviously a human brain isn't a computer. I mean, it acts in some ways like a computer, mm. or I suppose the other way around, computers act like brains. But I think the idea that you could sort of download your personality and your consciousness and so on um, is really a bit uh, far-fetched. But then again, my question is, again, why? Why would you want to do that? Like, why would you want your existence to be forever trapped in some computer that can never end? I mean, that, I mean, say, for instance, the computer could never be destroyed. Like, there'd always be a glimmer of you always there. I mean, I mean, it, I mean, it's human nature that eventually we need to rest. I mean, at the end of the day, we want to go to bed, don't we? We want to get some rest and, and, and wake up to a new day. And then it gets to a point in your life where you don't want to, where, where you will naturally just uh, that's it it's ended so if you're stuck in a computer you want to rest it, it would I think I think it would drive someone mad I, I I don't think that's a good idea at all I think that's just asking for trouble really I mean there are there are laws of nature in the world and I think this is one law that they, that we should not be touching we should not be going near because there's no need for it really I mean yes it's sad when someone passes away but that's life that's what happens and I think if we start tampering with like mother nature in that way i think we'd be asking for trouble actually it's very interesting you've picked up on a slightly different angle to what i was suggesting um you were thinking obviously that the downloading would then continue as an existence in some way Mm. Uh, and i was thinking more of downloading everything um historically so for example i could perhaps access the memories of my great 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 grandfather or something like that mm. in future and so i suppose there are two angles that i hadn't really quite thought it you picked it up in a different way which is interesting yeah that consciousness would continue i mean one of the things is we don't actually know what a consciousness is no I mean, so so we can't find it and count it and measure it and store it anyway at the moment so i think that's it okay well i think that's probably something we agree on quite clearly that yeah t- tampering with nature that way seems to be a very bad idea yes definitely <laughs> Okay, let's talk about space travel. Now, I I have to admit, I have a very big interest in this because I studied that. I mean, I think right from a little boy, there was all these sort of annuals used to get at Christmas, Mm -hmm. looking at space travel and things like that in the future, looking forward to the the, the 20th century it was then. And they're saying, oh, you know, by the end of the century, there'll be people walking on the moon, people living on the moon. 
there'll be space stations, there'll be sort of people flying around all over the place in spacecraft. Um, and it didn't really happen. I mean, obviously it happened in, in one very limited sense. And we are obviously now um, in a state where we've got um, the space station. Um, it celebrated 20 years recently of people being constantly in space in the space station. So that's quite impressive by itself. Okay. Um, but there's people now with very ambitious plans to set up colonies on the moon and particularly on Mars. And again, Elon Musk seems to be the person who's involved in all these things. And there's no real barriers to doing it. Obviously, it's a vast amount of money and effort and so on going into it all. Um, so it can be done, whether it can be done in the next 20 years or 30 years or whatever, I don't know. Um, but there's no reason to assume it can't be done sooner or later if we want to. Mm-hmm. And um, and obviously, there are some people who do want to. And some people's motivation may be um, very sort of good. Some people's may be different. Um, I suspect the moon is going to end up as being one great big mining site, to be honest. Yeah. Um, see, personally, I mean, I, I tell you what, I'm not as well versed in this area of subject, if I'm being honest. But personally, when I think about the idea of getting in a little spaceship and going up into space, to me, it is not an appealing thought. I mean, I understand why people are doing it and why they want to experience travel and see more. But the fact it takes so long to get from like Earth to the moon, for instance, let alone going to Mars. I mean, and also as well, I think the whole idea of moving to Mars, I understand that the idea is because Mars is the closest to Earth out of like, you know, what it has and, and what and it could be livable for humans to live. And I understand all of that. And also as well, as we were saying earlier about climate change and whatnot, if it got really bad, we could potentially recolonize and set up a new life on Mars. So I understand why that's all going on. But uh, it's I understand why they would do it. But personally, I don't think I would go up there because there's so many things that could go wrong. and um, and I, I don't know, I, as I said, I haven't got a, a, a lot of research into this particular area. But personally, I, I, the idea of me getting in a spacecraft and going up into space is not a, an appealing thought. But obviously, you probably differ in that. Well, no, I, I agree with you. And I've actually sat in space capsules or mock-ups of them in various places. <clears throat> During my career, I got involved in all sorts of things. So I've sat in these and I even walked through a, a mini space station, which was the original American one, which was quite big, actually. It was as big as my house, I think, in, in terms of the space inside. But again, um, although we've all been confined a little bit um, over the last few months, um, I think being blocked in the same sort of space capsule for or, or space station for months on end gets a bit wearing. And I have, I have actually met quite a few astronauts and things in my time for various reasons and spoken to them about this sort of thing. So I'm very versed in that. But of course, we're talking about something a bit different from what we've done to date. Um, if you're talking about um, going to space now, you can carry seven or eight people up in space um, in various craft. Um, but if you start talking about colonising, you're going to have to have great big spaceships like sort of jumbo jets taking hundreds of people at a time or even thousands and this is where it gets really quite beyond our sort of current technology i'm sure you've seen those sort of films where you know in the future they're sending fifty thousand people all cryogenically frozen yes off to some distant distant planet um yeah you know, which is going to take 50 years to get there or 100 years to get there yeah uh, and then and then those movies point out my greatest fears like the film passengers if you've ever seen that where you know I have the, indeed yes. yeah where his his bed thing breaks and he wakes up and for a year he's on his own then goes mad and basically wakes another person up but that i mean and then the fact that he would if he hadn't woken up 
he'd have just been there on his own and died on his own because the journey was still another 100 years away or something like that. I mean, that to me is just like, no, thank you. Do I want to be involved in any of that? Because at the end of the day, I mean, at least if you're on Earth, you know that's not going to happen at least. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing is, though, that obviously throughout history, and I know you're quite into history, one of my sort of historical heroes is, is Captain James Cook. And of course, he basically sailed off in a fairly small ship around the world and and discovered australia mm-hmm. um and he did th- he had a sort of knowledge there might be something down there but actually the reason was at the time they thought the earth was unbalanced would be unbalanced unless there was a continent on the bottom which basically balanced all the continents at the top i mean it was literally that sort of concept they had which obviously is fairly ridiculous these days but that's what they believed there must be something counterbalancing it on the south pole yeah and so he found Australia, but he had, I think it was about 60 or 70 people with him. Um, and they went round, I think actually it was all men, to be honest. <laughs> and they went um, in the ship, obviously way off into the unknown. And they were away for about three and a half years. And there's obviously no communication. And they came back and suddenly just, you know, one day just came into Portsmouth. And people said, who's that? Oh, gosh, that's that. That's the lot who went off, you know, three and a half years ago. And that was the first time they came back and they brought back, obviously, loads of things to explain about they've been and maps and so on they'd done. Um, and so that was the sort of attitude. And I suppose there's still people these days who have that same explorer um, attitude and they would be the ones who would say, yes, I will go to Mars. Yes, yeah. I will go and do this and whatever. And so I suppose that's part of the, the human spirit, even if it's not one that's shared by you or me. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. There are people, I mean, there's that, that's that's the beauty of being a human, isn't it? The fact that there's so many different people and different ideas and different ambitions and so on and so forth. So there, there are people out there who would happily get in a ship and, and risk their life and go for it. It's like, great, go, you, you go. I mean, personally, I don't want to, but good good on you, well done. And and they can make amazing discoveries. And, and, and you know, it's important to understand the world that we live in. But for me personally, I wouldn't want to make that journey to find out personally. You're going to keep your feet on the ground, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, I suppose one angle I was going to sort of go to was that um, you've probably seen photos of Mars because mm-hmm. there's a lot of sort of vehicles out there taking photos. And I wondered if there's a sort of artistic element here where you think, gosh, that would be fantastic to be on that red desert with the mountain in the background and, and paint it or f- photograph it or do something, write a musical score about it. Is Am I being sort of <laughs> a bit way out there? I mean, I, I can see people, poets and people thinking that would be a really amazing thing to do. Uh, I personally don't. I look at it and go, "It's amazing. That's what it looks like, and and that and that's what's available. That, that's what's out there." But uh, but no, I don't think to myself, "Oh, I really want to go visit there." I just think, "Yeah, no, that, that's 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 cool. That's that's nice to see." Oh, Which may be really narrow-minded of me to say. And there's probably <laughs> loads of people out there who are just really upset with me right now, and I'm very sorry for saying that. But for me personally, I look at it and go, "That's amazing. That's a different planet, and I understand that is absolutely incredible." But it doesn't make me think I want to go get in a ship and sit in a ship for the next two years to go see it personally. I mean, I'll look at the pictures. They're lovely. But yeah, for me personally, I don't want to go all the way to go see it in person. One of the interesting things is to go to to Mars, it's about 18 months. Mm. And we have to wait every two years. The planets are closest uh, the way they orbit. And so you have to go um, at that time, which was a few weeks ago, because that's why there was three different um, ships all sent off to Mars. 
uh, obviously all unmanned, just robots and things. Um, and um, oh, that gives me my, my joke, actually, my favourite joke. There's a question here. Which planet is completely populated by robots? Which, of no. course, is Mars. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, um, so, <laughs> okay, I, I did, it's the way I tell them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, you, yeah, telling the punchline beforehand doesn't really work. But, yeah, yeah. No, no, but, yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, the thing is that uh, most of the studies and the research uh, obviously, the technology about how to build the craft to go there and so on is going on. But the main research has been actually about the people because they've got to try and find ways of selecting people mm. who are suitable to go there and suitable sort of psychologically because they're all going to be locked up together in a capsule, which, I mean, it's not a capsule. It'll be bigger than that. Um, there'll probably be, you know, I don't know, a dozen people or more. But th those dozen people would all be together in a s confined space. Think of it as perhaps, you know, one three-bedroom flat or something like that equivalent. Yeah. And they won't be able to go out at all. And they'll have to sort of live with each other and the rest of it. So they're trying to work out what sort of psychological preparation would be needed for that. And there's been quite a lot of re research things where they basically put people in a house in the middle of a desert somewhere or in, I think, down in the, the um, Antarctic, I think they did one to see how they get on and they're all generally obviously well qualified intelligent sensible people but they still end up tearing each other's eyes out sometimes yeah see that that's the thing right so we, obviously we're talking about like you know because i i might be in the in the age where they might turn to me one day and say chloe do you want to go live uh, on mars do you want to go do that i know that it won't be for hundreds of years that they will not come up with a where um where a massive spaceship with shops and all that lot available like in the film passengers would be an available thing i know that if i was sent up there i'd be shoved in a small little box with everybody else and personally that is just the most awful idea in the world to me because i mean it's just like when you go on a flight i mean christ I, I mean the longest i've ever been on a flight is probably about 10 hours and that was long enough i was like i need to get off this flight now i mean i need to work out one day to go to australia i mean that's gonna be a long one but you know you, you get to a point where you're like i need fresh air i need to go outside so for me personally the idea of all of that is just not worth it to, to get out there, to be there for a bit and then come back again. So, I mean, yeah, as you said, it takes a certain type of person and a certain type of training to do it. Um, but, you know, probably in like 100 or 200 years, it will be available to um, to, to go on a massive spaceship with shops and, and your own bunk and all this kind of stuff. You don't notice as much that you're traveling that far. But I think the science we're at now, that's not, that's not going to happen anytime soon, I don't think. Right, I'm sure I agree with you. Um, I guess you wouldn't want to go on cruises then. Uh, no, I get seasick. <laughs> I wouldn't be happy on a cruise, I don't think. Okay, well, you're going to be one of these people who's obviously sitting at home um, and saying, oh, yes, yes, okay, you can go on these things if you want to, my dear, talking to your grandchildren and whatever. Because, I mean, realistically, they're already saying, for example, the, the first person to walk on Mars is almost certainly already alive. They're probably at primary school now. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, mean, I w would not be surprised if in my life I get to see that, if I get to see someone walk on Mars. I, I wouldn't be surprised by that at all. I think that is possible. But the idea of actually, you know, uh, going to live on Mars, I think we're still quite a way off, to be fair. But, like, but also, though, I could see um, for uh, the rich and famous going up to the moon for a couple, uh, for, like, a day for an experience or something like that and then coming back again I could see that also being a thing at some point but then but then but then my thought is why do we have to go and bother the poor moon leave the moon alone it's been on its own for all these 
probably millions and millions of years just leave it alone now just we don't need to go up and keep bothering it but but I think that's that's what the human race does they just keep going over and picking at things when you can get to it so and that's when I'm like can we just leave that alone so I don't know that's probably when I when my inner like environmentalist whatever you want to call it comes out I'm like I would rather just kind of we've seen it we know what it looks like it's lovely now leave it because it hasn't been touched ever and I think if we just keep prodding it it's just gonna upset it you know (laughs) Right. So, I mean, there's also, and you mentioned environmental things. I mean, obviously, there's an attitude that says, why are we spending vast amounts of money going into space or doing these other things when we should be sorting out things back here on our own planet and clearing up the plastic in the ocean and all that kind of stuff? So are you on that side of the argument? I, I mean, yeah. I mean, no, the thing is, I'm on both. I I understand it's very interesting to go out there into space. I am a strong believer we are not the only ones in the universe. There is no chance that we are the only ones in the universe. So, And I do think there are probably advanced species who are fully aware that we are here. And they've just said, right, leave that planet alone. I don't blame them. I'll probably do the same thing. So, um, but then at the same time, I agree though we do need to be focused on the problems we have in this country and uh, when in this sorry not in this country in this world like you know figuring out how to help the environment because if we want to stick around on this planet much longer that's what we need to be sorting out you know the the little things here and there. I mean, um, uh, I don't know if I've already mentioned this before, but um, there was mentioned that uh, plastic that we use it can be recycled and used as um, filling for potholes in the road because it lasts so long. It's actually better than filling with tarmac and it, um, it like bounces and uh, becomes firm and, uh, and will stay for years and years and years, just like plastic is supposed to. So instead of letting it wash around the seas, why don't we use it for something we actually could, it would be useful for us in day-to-day life? Maybe we should have plastic roads everywhere, you know. That, Maybe. I mean, not being funny, they tell us all the time that plastic, you know, it takes like, I don't know, 10 years to disintegrate or something like that, or more than that, 20, 30 years to disintegrate. Use it in the roads. We've got all these potholes and everything. Use it there. Come on. I mean, we don't want that to fall apart anytime soon, so that would probably be a good idea. Do you know what? I haven't actually heard of that before. It's a really good idea. It was, okay, yeah, let's... I thought it was genius. Yes, absolutely. Um, right, well, uh, that's the sort of... Um, one of the sort of things which we're, we're talking about here. The other thing about climate change is the one that sort of worries me, but I think is probably a longer away than perhaps people are in saying. They're kind of exaggerating it slightly. But obviously the, the oceans rising by a few feet mm-hmm. makes a real difference when half the world, if not more, live in cities which are just by the seaside. I mean, obviously London is effectively by the sea I mean, because the Thames is a, a very wide um, exit to the um, oceans. And if you think of London and it flooded, I mean, the whole underground system being flooded, for example, I, I imagine that would be almost impossible to actually sort of get it out from that, get out from that situation. Yeah. But is that something that you're worried about? I mean, obviously, in your lifetime, do you think you'll be getting the boat out? And I think you live quite high up, don't you? <laughs> well, where, where I live, yeah, I live quite high up. I think I'm one of the highest places I can be in, in England. Um, yes, I mean, all, all of... Any form of climate change is a worry for me, obviously, especially um, because of the age and, and, and what's going on. Also, the fact that what the environmentalists are telling us, that if we don't change things in the next, like, I think it was five, ten years and that's it. We, we, we can't go back. And and yet the, the rise of the oceans is, is a big concern because I think it's like there's, there's more percent. Because uh, if you look at, like, the way the world has changed over the years, the fact that, you know, at the beginning of time, like, certain countries would have been close together and they've drifted apart because of the way the, the the world has shifted. And then when you then look at the fact that there's more water 
than land on this earth and the water's getting higher and higher i mean that's and that's that's a lot of water that could potentially come onto our land i mean that that is concerning so yeah i think i think it is a thing that needs to be taken note of and but then probably then brings me back to the fact that i understand when people say well why are we going off into space when we should be sorting out things down here which i i, I do see where they're coming from Right. There, there is an argument that a lot of the money spent on space things, which isn't just sending people up in spacecraft, all the satellites and so on, are actually the ways of keeping track of the ocean. I mean, it's we only know about the ocean movements because of the satellites, which measure it over 20, 30 yeah. years. And they, they can obviously produce maps and pictures of things to prove the the way the ice is moving and that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, no. Yeah. So then, in yeah. So in that respect, they're keeping an eye. Like the amount of movies you've watched, where like you know, like twenty twelve and all those kind of things, where like the world's coming to an end because of environments and all this kind of stuff. And then you know, it's a couple uh, like a couple of weeks of like really bad weather and all this destruction. And then they call up to the space station. They go, "Hey, how's Earth looking?" They look down. Go, "Oh my God, it looks so much better, you guys. It's getting great." So you just need someone up there looking down, going, "Yeah, it's fine now. You'll be all right now." So um, yeah, there you go. Let's keep an eye well, on things. Of we, ha- we haven't mentioned the other sort of end-of-the-world scenarios. There's the big asteroid heading towards us. Yeah. Um, one, or two, one or two of the tabloid newspapers seem to have that story every week. Yeah. There's a new asteroid heading towards us, and it's going to crash into X and this sort of thing. It's, it's the size of a bus. It's yeah. the size of this. It's the size of that Mount Everest coming towards us. Um, and then the other one, of course, is the alien invasions, which obviously is going to come sooner or later as well. Well, the way 2020 has been going so far, I mean, might as well. <laughs> so it wouldn't surprise me. But as, as I've said, though, I, I am a strong believer that there is other life form out there and they are fully aware of us. They know we're here. And if they really wanted to, they could have come down to see us by now. I mean, I, I personally think, I mean, it, it kind of reminds me if you've ever seen Doctor Who. I know it's a bit... Of course, it, kind of, yes. it kind of reminds me of Doctor Who in in the in the episode there because the Doctor would constantly say that this is a a class A protected planet like you don't come near this one this one um is is in this so I can imagine that we are like part of some kind of scheme like you know when you've got like A listed buildings that you you can't knock down because they've been around for so long maybe it's the same with us maybe there's other creatures out there going right we can't bother this planet because I've been there long enough. So we're just going to leave them as they are and just let them carry on naturally. And maybe, maybe they're observing us. Maybe they're seeing if we're making any mistakes and going, right, we're not going to do that. So I don't know. I mean, that that's my theory. It's a good one. I think they've probably got a diary which says, okay, check back in 500 years. See yeah, how and like and like they'll they'll send something down. Like they'll give someone an idea as they all do this. My nan is convinced that um, years and years and years ago, Martians came onto this earth and that a lot of us are um are martians we are part martian we don't even realize it well actually that's what they're sending the latest probes to mars to find out because they they think there's going to be able to find um, sort of bacteria and other evidence there was life there because mars did have oceans and so on in the past Mm. and it it was all stripped off because it it lost its atmosphere all right there is a there is a theory that the sort of life that was perhaps on Mars, which may have only been bacteria, may have actually blown onto Earth as well, or, in, or it was planted on both places and so on. So, yes, we, we may all be Martians, actually. Exactly. So, you know, so, yeah, <laughs> that's that. But that's the that's the excitement of space travel or space exploration, you see, that some of these things will answer questions that we've been all asking for many years anyway. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean... 
I, I can see the appeal and I can see why people want to know it, but I also understand also what the environmentalists are saying as well. But there's there's a lot out there. There's a lot that we're never going to understand because, you know, it just goes on for light years and light years. I mean, the fa- I mean, I, I still find it quite amazing, the fact that when you see stars in the distance, they're not just stars that are in the atmosphere. They're, these are like burning lights that like burn over like a, a thousand million years ago that are only just touching Earth now, which is why you see them now. I mean, that, the concept of that, that something is so far away is actually bad in time that is incredible well that's it you see the light and you say well when this left the planet or the the star it came from the romans were in charge in england that sort of thing you know yeah and that that's just weird because then the concept of time in that it's just like how how do you even fathom that 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 is i can't that that as I, as you can tell that really like baffles me actually <laughs> No, no, it's very interesting. In fact, it's probably a whole subject. We could do a whole programme talking about time, I'm sure, because no one really knows what it is and understands it. And Einstein was a bit confused about it as well. So if he couldn't work it out, who are we to try and figure it out? Well, exactly. um, Chloe, I think we've probably um, run out of time now, actually. So it's been an interesting discussion. Um, I was trying perhaps to put you on the spot a bit because I thought you wouldn't know much about science. But of course... As ever, you know quite a lot about things, really. Ha ha. <laughs> Caught you out there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, next time I'll ask you about arty things, shall I, which I don't know much about. No, I'll, I'll lead it next time and I'll try and catch you out. That's fine. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you, for thank you for, as ever, for um, the chat. And uh, nice to hear from you again. And I'm sure we'll be uh, talking again soon. So thank you very much for that. Okay. Um, so you've been listening to the Generation Gap show here on Radio Verulam. And uh, it's um, a programme that comes on every week, hopefully, um, at the moment, it's mainly as a podcast because of course we're still in a slightly emergency schedule type situation at Radio Verulam. Um, thank you very much for listening and uh, don't forget you can listen to all previous programmes on podcasts if you go to radioverulam.com forward slash podcasts.